or be trice. Real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. baby yes sir welcome to the eyes on big podcast your go-to big 10 football podcast i'm your co-host jeffrey the greek joined as always by this is big kurt here we you've got your full name back now. i do yeah no longer just kurt no big kurt you're back b1g being... at b1g k-u-r-t on twitter and i am jeffrey the greek at jeffrey the greek hope you enjoyed the little bit different intro we felt that we needed something with a little bit more oomph to it this week. Um, we so you are... know who else is back? Yeah. The Eyes on Big podcast is back. Yes. For regular episodes. Correct. Finally. We appreciate the uh, questions that we've gotten on Twitter and direct messages, a couple text messages from friends and whatnot. Like, hey, what are you guys, are you going to record again? What's up? Really, the answer was, I I didn't want to add to the minutia of BS that has yeah. been going on for the past three weeks. I mean, I considered, you know, picking up like the Indian cricket circuit and talking about that. I don't know <laughs> if you're into that or not, but I was no going to see if I liked it right. and we could have podcast about that. But the Indian cricket circuit would have made more sense on from what we were hearing for the past three, four weeks. Boy, can hey, what a bungling of this whole thing. It, but it, we were the big win. Now we're finally back. To be in the Big Ten. I, don't, don't let me get too negative because we do have football. Yes. Right? Well, I thought we would get through. We're ha- we're still excited now. We're happy now. Yes. I mean, I'm happier about the rest of the college football season moving forward than I was 48 hours ago. Correct. And I, I mean, I had I felt pretty good 24 hours ago, but. You know, it's kind of like the analogy is you're a middle to lower tier team in the Big Ten. You just, all you're worried about is where is the arrow pointed? Right. It's pointed up, right? It now. is pointed right? up. Right? So we'll we'll weave our way in and out of some of the stuff that maybe we don't like so much about how things were handled. Uh, meaning once we found out the announcement that, that it was official. Um, to me, it was official when I saw it from the Big Ten logo. That was so. the only... That was the moment I believed it. Yeah. A- everything before that, it, I didn't care who was reporting it anymore. But once you get to like ABC News and even ESPN College Football that we're putting it out there. I still didn't believe it. I, I think that's when I finally was okay. in. I think I actually officially, that was it. I had mentally committed myself to it coming back. was actually minutes before I actually saw the Big Ten Conference tweet, tweet that out. Okay. So what we're seeing, though, is at the top of the heap of things to trust is the big 10 conference saying it the next row down is like your ESPN ABC, you know, more direct sure. much further down the line would be Sir Yacht. <laughs> Boy, did that guy get anything right? When he first started tweeting, I, when I saw him the first time he had 400 followers and I said, this guy for real 400. Yes. yes. I said, 
I am not believing this guy for a second. And I ignored him from that point on. Never followed him? Never followed Congrats. him. Congrats. Yes. Can I say, though, and maybe Sir Yacht will listen to this, this is, this is America. You, you want to get followers? You want to put an effort to get followers? Sure. I mean, he, the guy did it. He did that. You have to give him credit for that. I did see at one point he was up to like 27,000. I yes. don't know where he's at now. I don't have 27,000 followers. <laughs> he's probably more. I mean, he was, he's been at the center of this thing for like the last month. So do you, and by the way, Shout out to Dustin Schutte. I, I I retweeted his own tweet, but I loved when uh, Dustin Schutte would say, have we seen Dan Patrick and Sir Yacht in the same room at the same time? <laughs> yeah, Patrick didn't exactly have great sources either. And he always said, my source. He never said sources. He said, my source. Right, so here's a question. Do you think Sir Yacht had a source that had a source that maybe had a source? That has been something that's gone through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one would think that he really did believe his source or he really did believe it's possible the tweets that he put out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm too much of a glasses half full type of person. By the way, I was never annoyed by him once. I honestly got a kick out. I really wasn't annoyed either. That's what's supposed to make Twitter. fun. I just thought it was kind of funny that actually people took what he was saying and believed it. But that in turn just made me, follow him and like him that much but more. at the same time it's just people that want to hear good news you know they yeah, want to well, believe sure. i want to believe right x yeah. files i mean i think with his first week of tweeting i honestly did i'm like does this guy know something you there know? were definitely times i'm like i don't know maybe this guy is not full of shit right and then after time i'm like well he's he's just having fun yeah <laughs> so, <and then laughs> he started I, selling merch did you see that why not man <laughs> of like course. i said this is america you got 27,000 followers did you he, better let me be ask selling you this. Merch. did he break a law nope did he even break a gentleman's rule it's uh, twitter no it's twitter yeah you lying on twitter is probably fine that's i don't i don't even think that's frowned upon anymore going back to our own podcast so we had the uh, big 10 schedule release on August 6th, and then we had the the, the, the the Corona Bro one after that. So that was Corona August. Bro. Period, bro. That was on August 26th. Basically, everything we're talking about here and rehashing is from essentially August 26th till now. Yep. Nothing happened in two capacities. Nothing happened to change the landscape, really? And... Nothing happened until really we got the um, uh, you know official announcement today, kind of last night. Point I'm trying to make is what do you mean define landscape? Nothing, nothing changed in the landscape. Nothing is different with the coronavirus no. now than it was one month. ago. Correct. When when we recorded that podcast, no. not quite a month, but but there is something different in the world. That's that we have seen college football be- being played, which is what the Big Ten could have done a month ago, two months ago, whatever, when they announced the schedule, which, by the way, I mean, again, this is back into the strange bedfellows. I don't like to to, I don't like to compliment entities that I don't like, in this case, the SEC, but the SEC did it right the yep. entire time, which was give the season two, three weeks to ramp up and see how it's yep. going, start the season late. Well, I'm that, still, was, that was the best way to do it. I'm still not against starting as early as possible to give yourself as much buffer to play as many rescheduled games. That too. 
I, I still think that's the way this should have gone down. In fact, when we had the schedule episode, we praised the fact that they put two idle weeks in there so they could do that. You know what? I want to recount what I just said. That was a really good point. The Big Ten had the best plan we in did. place back in the beginning of August. And after, what was it, six days, they scrapped it. It is. It will. That will go down as one of the most baffling, if not the most baffling thing, this football conference has ever done. It's a blunder. You know what? I'll give you one that maybe stacks up to it. Notre Dame wanted to join the conference in like the 1920s, and we said, scram. No thanks. So about every 100 years, yep. there is a gigantic blunder that the Big Ten Conference does. I sure hope I'm not alive for the second one that's as, or the third one that's as big as this. Um, you know, you got to bring up the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference when talking about these things. Um the schedule that was released back on August 6th had a good plan. We praised him at that we point. We did. We did. And I believe we were correct in praising him. There is no defense for shutting that down six days later. No. I because you, you either say you should have never released the schedule right. in the first place, or you should have kept with it. You can't do both of those things wrong. That's what he did. Then, since the canceling or postponement, whatever you want to say semantics on you know what word to use but the lack of anybody talking to him from then until today is mind-bogglingly bad optics it's bad optics it's bad leadership i just go back to i think this guy's in over his head i didn't think he was in over his head before i just thought he was arrogant I now think he's in over his head. Well, the, what really changed it for me is when he said, I didn't realize there'd be such a backlash. That has blown my mind. That was probably... That, that might be the pinnacle of ridiculousness of the things that he said in the past eight weeks. It's the pinnacle of tone deaf. Yes. Like, tone, I mean, tone deaf again today, like during the Zoom call, conference call that they had, you know, he talked and it was all canned phrases and stuff and then he's like oh by the way this is the anniversary of me officially being hired by the big 10 conference and it's like kevin yeah not not the time man nobody cares not the time (laughs) just like (laughs) nobody cares again tone deaf optics lack of them Mm -mm. um so you know back to the the dan patrick and the Sir Yachts and the stuff you would read on Twitter. There was other sources that started jumping in after a while. Um, it is my thought process that we could have had an announcement a week ago, two weeks ago, but I believe it would have been something like nine teams that would have played and five not, or maybe even up to 11 teams that would have played in three not. I think... That's what's been going on for the past definitely three or four days, but I think you could say a week or two. Okay, so you think he they were trying to flip the last three to five teams over so it would be unanimous. Correct. That was your goal. So let's Or was the debate this is kind of the same thing, but was the debate two things. Do we just say screw it and go with the eleven teams? I'm just I'm making this up, right? I don't know sure. what the number is. Was there a debate? two weeks ago with the leadership, which I guess is Kevin Warren and these presidents yep. where they said, okay, screw it. We'll play with 11. Screw those other three. I mean, I guess the one thing I probably do believe is the concept of they were all going to do it or nobody was going to do it. That's the second side of it. I think so. 
was the initial conversation, do we do this without those three? They I'm decided, sure, no, we're going to sure do yeah, it unanimous. I'm sure they brought it up and decided it's going to be unanimous. Because so, the, the messiness that would have gotten into it if it was, let's say, you know, 11 and three, why should the 11 teams playing share any revenue with nope, the three that didn't? Shouldn't have. And if those teams were Maryland Rutgers, two of them, that are already in financial ruin to begin with, it would have just buried them that much more. Yeah. And don't tell me money didn't play into this, by the way. Oh, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Because when the last time when Kevin said, when they canceled or postponed, and Kevin said money was not a consideration, that pissed me off, too. Sure. If you're not considering money, you're, I'm sorry, money is a big part of everything we do, right? Yes. It makes the world go round. It sure does. If you did not take that into account, that is a mistake. And I don't believe that for a second they didn't take that into account. Like, do is it really such a... Fear of the backlash from who, by the way, I would we could debate that too, that you bring that stuff up. Because obviously the only thing they say with this is, well, it's the health of the, the student-athletes. It's the health of the student-athletes. Sure. Of, of, of course the health of the student-athletes is a big part of the pie. Of the, course it is. And we, I think, you know, our listeners know where we stand on a lot of stuff. The health of the student-athletes matters to me. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's obviously huge. But they 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 made it out to like okay, it's not a couple months ago it wasn't safe, but now it's safe. Right. I mean that that's a load of bullshit. When we when it's just let me it's like it's like a husband saying the only thing that matters to me is is the, the personality of my wife, her character. Right. I don't care bullshit. what she looks like. That is bullshit nobody and it's it's both ways too obviously like this stuff matters so talk about it treat us like adults correct but you know when they ignored the university of illinois quick rapid low-cost test and now suddenly everything's fine we had that back in june and now they're we should probably get into what we're going to do here they've got the the antigen test that's not a new thing antigen test for covid was developed back in may i think maybe even earlier than that April. Okay. So now, now there's. So let's go sure, into go the Big Ten it. announcements. So here was the Big Ten's tweet today, and then I'll break down the the article a little bit that they released. Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors adopted significant medical protocols, BS, and has voted unanimously. What happened to three to eleven to resume the football season starting October twenty third to fourth? Here's what they're going to do: daily antigen testing. This is not new. This has been around for. I mean, antigen Can tests I, have been around forever, but the COVID one's been around since early outbreak of COVID. Okay. The, so is, I'm just antigen. What? I guess I... So it's, I, basically, it's, it's a different test than the PCR. So PCR is going to be a little more accurate. PCR tests for the entire genetic code of the virus, whereas the antigen tests just t- test for basically a protein on the exterior of the virus to conf- kind of confirm that it's... Or to... to, to um, uh, screen that it's there, and then the PCR is more for confirmation. Okay. So they're going to do an antigen test. Again, not new. Positive antigen test, which, by the way, there's a high false positive rate, leads to the PCR test, which we also know has kind of a notorious high false positive rate. Positives undergo cardiac assessment. I mean, that myocarditis thing, any doctor knew that was BS to begin with, Correct. pretty much. I know the two doctors I talked to said it. So they have to go undergo cardiac assessment, which is fine. I'm not against that. And sure. sit out 21 days. Each school designates a chief infection officer. That one's going to be interesting. 
and then they get the, a green, orange, red rating, and depending where they're they're at, they either have to cease activities or continue activities or be more careful. Okay, so you you are actually good job. You are actually answering the question that I had for you, um, but I want to try to explain it further, or I should say, ask the question so you can explain it further. Um, a lot has been made over the past three or four weeks. If you're willing to find the information that there is a big difference in the acuteness of these tests, meaning a test in Missouri might sure. get you a positive test. That same person right. could theoretically test in the middle of Strasbourg, Germany, right? and it's not a positive test. I'm glad you brought up Germany because they do PCR testing way different than we do in the Correct. U.S. for the most part. But yeah, you could test it in the same lab, really, and do it two different ways and get two different results. So the point is, is the Big Ten, what are they using for these tests? Is it going to be more on the, ooh, baby, even if you barely got it, you test positive? Or what you're saying here is there's somewhat of a sliding scale. There is of- a sliding scale, and I'm I'm no you know, biochemist or anything, so I don't know anything deeper than what we're talking about right here. But basically, there's kind of a sweet spot for the test, and there's... None of these tests are ever going to be perfect, but there's a sweet spot to make it the most accurate possible. Um, okay. You can basically make it more sensitive to the point where it's overly sensitive and yes. picks up contamination in the room from the lab. <laughs> that sensitive. Yes. I hope we're not using tests that sensitive. Well, there there have been tests done in the U.S. I'm not saying that's happening everywhere where, where they have done that. They've just gone so far overboard. That and these are the ones that you see. I mean, there was just a big dump. In, in Minnesota today, like, oops, those were all false positives. Yeah, I saw one where there was 9,300 tests that yep. came back positive that were Negative. all bogus. So my point is, there's no, there was never any point of testing people that intensely. No. That, so I hope they're not doing it now with 18 to 23-year-old kids in peak shape. Yeah. And I- now, with that being said... All that you go through these types of things, you test positive, pull them out because you right. do want to check on the on the on the, the heart stuff. The heart stuff. Yes, yes, because that stuff can happen. There, yes, inflammation is common from any virus. Any virus and myocarditis can happen from COVID. Okay, so sure, I I'm in favor of testing them. Hopefully, this isn't redundant. How is that similar to what Illinois has been testing their players for the past? <laughs> So the Illinois test is the PCR test. So it's the more accurate of the two tests. Okay. Yeah. But another thing is that was a rapid test. And it was low cost. It was between $10 to $15. And it was something that you could- FDA approved. FDA approved. It's something- Developed by a member of the Big Ten Conference. Yes. A member, a charter member of the institution. Charter member. Yep. And we are now, the Big Ten Conference is now citing a change- Yes. In the science. When literally there was science- to use right inside the conference for three months? June is when they started okay. implementing the test on campus. I, I, is it possible that Big Kurt knew that Illinois had access to this tests and Kevin Warren did not? No, that's not possible. Okay. Well, I, I, things that I never thought were possible, impossible, seem to be possible. These but, days. you know, most people probably don't know about that Illinois test. Didn't know about it in June, July, August. So okay. none the wiser. So I'm getting this from a a uh, Nebraska source. Okay. Um, Borchers. I don't know who Borchers is. I'm going to be honest with you. But said players who test positive must sit out for a minimum of 21 days. Right. 
14 days to clear COVID-19 and cardiac tests, and then another seven for a transition period Hmm. before returning to the field. Here's what's interesting. Also added is that two biggest factors in the Big Ten would track in determining whether a team will be allowed to play each work were team positive rates. Yeah. The number of positive tests divided by the total number of tests administered and population positivity rate. Correct. The number of positive individuals divided by the total number of population at risk. So the positivity rate Hmm. threshold for teams to have to stop competition are 5% for team and 7.5% for population. Yep. So a layman's term of that is if you were testing 10, only had 10 people to test and one was positive, you would have a 10% positive rate. Yep. You got to shut the team down. Right. By that rationale, wouldn't it make sense to bring in 50 healthy bodies, preferably ones that just had COVID in the last couple months. To, I, I'm being a little facetious. No, here, I know there's a but, lot of play in this. Okay, stuff. you can you can really I'm play around with the numbers. With it, yes, but this is how this reads, correct? Right, but it makes people feel good to see those numbers. It does. That's the only reason any of this is happening. And, and ironic that it's coming from a Nebraska source. You want to know why? They have like 160 players on their team. That's true. Because of so many so many walk-ons, doesn't that benefit? Of course, it does. They they would have to have they could have as many as double the amount of that uh, that Northwestern would have. Right. I'm guessing Northwestern probably has one of the lower roster. I would think so. So, twelve players testing positive for Northwestern would knock them out. Twelve players testing positive for Nebraska. They're not even halfway there. So again, I think all this. No, you're you're absolutely. So all this is just so that they could put it out there publicly and say that they're doing everything possible to keep the kids as safe as possible. They're no safer than they were two months ago. No, they're no safer than they would have been in January. Actually, they they're they'll be safer moving forward because yeah, they're these kids are going to be barely going to study for their you know social something test on Wednesday, but that COVID test that they're going to take later that day when they get back oh, to boy. the football complex, it's a big one. They're going to be <laughs> shitting bricks, man. By the way, I got to um, get a glimpse of the, the homeschooling, the remote learning today from, yeah. from my oh, son. Oh yeah. boy. What yeah. a joke. Um, um, another thing. Okay. This is straight from Steven Sipple. Another, another Nebraska um, source because Ain't nobody that's been more active on social media than Nebraska during the last three weeks, which and, we'll, we'll and probably get into a little bit more. But We will, and Sipple yeah. is great, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Awesome I've, follow on Twitter. I have very much grown in fandom of Mr. Sipple. Me as well. Over the past month or two. Um, from Stephen Sipple, I'm told Nebraska and other Big Ten teams likely won't be able to practice in pads until the Big Ten testing protocols are firmly in place September 30th. The Huskers have been in a 12-hour-per-week mode with five of it on the field. It is unclear if it will continue to be the case. So a little bit more specific to Nebraska there, but obviously this this applies out to every team in the conference. No tackles, no tackling to the ground until almost October 1st. So pads at the end of September. Is that what he's saying? Pads at the end of September. No pads until Until the end of September. Right. So would this not benefit more finesse teams yeah i would think so does this not put iowa and wisconsin maybe 
no, not really Michigan. I don't know. Teams that that openly practice tackle more in practice, they're at a disadvantage. Because now you can't you can't tackle until essentially the first week of October. Okay. But and those then, teams are probably better at tackling to begin with. So maybe okay. they don't need as much practice. Could be. I mean we watched Navy. We saw how detrimental beat, it can be to, to not beat me to, to not practice. You have to practice tackling. You 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 took the words right out of my mouth. That's why I wanted to bring this up. I took Navy in that game. Oh jeez. It's gotta be the worst gambling beat. <laughs> But life. at least you knew it was over oh, early. Dude, was you didn't not, have to I start. I, I started watching a movie middle of the second quarter. Oh. Um, but I, I said, and I sent a tweet out right when that game was starting because I did not know that Navy had not practiced. Who would know that? How could you know that? <laughs> I, I certainly didn't put that much. Uh, so then the the announcers say how Navy had not practiced once in the whole preseason. Oh, man. Big Kurt, if you could have seen my face. I imagine what your face looked like. <laughs> and I sent a tweet. I'm like, I would not have bet Navy had I known no, that. And no. Do you think it made a difference in that game? Oh yes. How can a option specific team not pra- not pra- like there is no way possible you can get the timing down of an option team like they you hear about option teams struggling to get into a rhythm until the middle of the season or you know three four games into the season. Sure. They didn't practice tackling the entire camp unreal i'm i'm not and sure can, can niamatololo my guy you know that's my guy i know that's your guy i will say this he came out immediately after a game and said that was a mistake and you know i love i love when coaches do that they rarely do it but if you're gonna make a mistake just own up to it man i when i heard that they hadn't practiced tackling my respect level for your boy kitty kitty dropped big time <sighs> the second he came out and owned up to it being a mistake right, right back up there. right back to where of course was. Yep. Gotta, gotta love it. So long story short, tackling does matter, especially in what I believe to be the best defensive power five conference in the country. I don't know. It's in. I don't know if it's going to make that big of a deal, but it is going to be interesting to see. At least they get three weeks. Kinda. Kind of. You're yes. not going to tackle the all week. the way up. To yeah, the first, that's like, true. More are, like two weeks. I, I would say like 10 days. Okay. Wow. You're, you're, I can tell you, like, they start lighting up on you towards the end of camp, and then you hardly tackled all that first week. So it's it's a good week and a half to two weeks that they don't tackle. Mm. I, I'm looking to see if that gets revised a little bit. I don't understand why you can't have the testing protocol in, by the way. Another thing, I mean, you know, some of the stuff that was, you know, referenced is things that we've learned and, and oh. you know... Like all of this stuff could have been put into place in June and July. They had the since the beginning of COVID to think about this stuff. I mean, this was literally like I don't know, like showing up to the to the test the day of, you know the day of never having study and you flunk the test and the teacher gives you another chance at the test yeah you have to do it in three days and you just cram and cram yeah that's what this feels like to me so you know they crap their pants when they saw everybody else playing right and so so, poopy diaper so they basically had to say oh we screwed up what are we going to do now 
And they had to manufacture these new testing protocols, which are complete bullshit, so that they could pretend that the Big Ten is still the leader of the Power Five conference. That that's what dang, I, I dang it, right. it pains me to be saying this of about a conference. We don't we don't want to talk smack about the Big Ten conference, seeing as how we have a Big Ten football specific podcast. But I'm also not going to sugarcoat it. Isn't no, that exactly what? Because we don't want to be liars, and you're dead on. Isn't that exactly what happened? You're dead on. If you disagree with us, hit us up on Twitter. I'd love to see your point of view, but I don't know how else to say it. And I don't remember Kevin Warren's um, quote verbatim, but he said something about this decision is made. We're not we're not reconsidering it. We're not coming back to it. That was in their original postponement. He said something to that effect, which has also turned out to be BS. Correct. (laughs) So why would an athletic director really ever listen to anything he has to say moving forward? No. Or a coach. No, you can't. Why would you? And, you know. Obviously, we are more on the fandom side, but I have even seen more and more respected media people. I'm not going to name them, but they've even come out and said, I don't see how Kevin Warren can survive this. Boy, the tide has turned. I mean, I kind of expected it to be a shorter tenure because I always thought that he had different aspirations ultimately. So I was always thinking like five years, seven years. Yeah. He's not long for the Big Ten, I don't think. I just, again, like go back to the people I just talked about. I guess I would, I would love to ask, you know, Jim Delaney or any, any Power Five commissioner. You know, if I could have a beer with Bob Bulls, oh gosh, and sit there and say, Bob, tell me who is the three biggest group of people that you want to make sure you have a good relationship mm-hmm. with as the commissioner of your conference. My guess is he would list the athletic directors, yes, the university presidents, yes, and the head football coaches. Correct. Two out of three of those people hate Kevin Warren right now. Absolutely. And I hard and there's some in that president's group that, that, that don't like him very much either. Correct. Um, probably as good a time as any to get into what I believe would be the the teams that had the presidential backing to play from the get go. And we're pushing hard. Um, well, can we can we we just hit up some quick housekeeping because sure, this sure. just broke. Okay, Michigan quarterback Dylan McCaffrey will opt out and transfer elsewhere. Yeah, per twenty four seven Sports. So if you are a glass half full person as a Michigan fan, you say, "Well, Joe Milton must have just absolutely won this quarterback race, and Mister McCaffrey just didn't want to see it." Uh, but the glass half empty person would say. You know, in the times of COVID, it would be nice to have a starting 1A and 1B quarterback. So now they go from a a still very much unproven Joe Milton to a completely unproven option after that. Yes. No bueno. Not good. Not good for Michigan. They lose a lot. So to quote Jim Harbaugh, stay positive, test negative, let's play football. (laughs) Is that what he tweeted? That's what he tweeted. Test negative. I love that. I tell you, I like that guy more and more all the time. I really do. I mean, I was, once was, you can get past all the shtick, yeah. it took me a long time. Oh, yeah. But I'm past it It's kind of like Sir Yacht. You just got to sit back and enjoy the ride yep, a little yep. bit. So um, another one, Ohio State offensive lineman Dylan Watt will opt back in. He had opted out. Yeah. He's back in, baby. Pat Fryermuth never was officially out, but he was never going to wear a Penn State uniform again because there was, I mean, if there was a goofy season, the stupid winter season that was thrown out or whatever, yeah. he wasn't going to play. No. He was Hell going no. to go pro. So he's kind of a semi. He's a quasi. Quasi. Opt back in. Opt back in. Yeah. 
Will Rashad Bateman be somebody that opts back in? Um, uh, Dave Resnan, again, I want to give him a shout out. He does ask the questions that seem to want, to, you know, people would want to have asked. One, He interviewed P.J. Fleck. One of the things he asked sure. was, hey, I'm asking this question to all coaches who have had players opt out. Do you think you would try to reach out to Rashad Bateman to see if he would actually want to play? And P.J. said, first text when the news broke that we were playing was to Rashad Bateman to see if he wanted to reconsider. I got to think any Minnesota fan hearing this now or heard it then is elated to hear, trust me, your coach wants Rashad Bateman to play on the football team just as much as you want him to. Yeah, and and good on P.J. Flack. I mean, that's that's what you got to do as a coach, right? And I think that there's going to be a lot of similar situations. And and by the way, let me correct myself. I call him Dylan White. His his name is Wyatt Davis. Okay. I don't know Wyatt where Davis, I got yeah. Dylan White. Guard Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. So some others that might be getting texts from their head coaches right now. Linebacker Micah Parsons, Penn State. Cornerback Sean White, Ohio State. Um, Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman, Northwestern. Wide receiver, Rondale Moore, Purdue. Uh, offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield, Michigan, and cornerback Ambry Thomas from Michigan all could be getting a lot of text messages from their respective head coaches at this point, as long as they haven't signed with an agent yet. I expect some of them have, so they are op- they are not going to be able to come back, but I expect, I think more than half that list will Probably. be back on a big You think roster. so? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, you're the other way? I'm going the other way. Okay. I, I think, I'm thinking less than half. First of all, some but of them... But you don't think we're those coaches are going to strike out with all those players. A couple no. of them are coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. we got the, we got the one already and kind of the two with fire Muth. but yeah, I think we'll see at least one or two. Okay. More. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so back to what I was kind of bringing up just now. Yep. Is that good? Go for um, it. I, I, it is a little bit hard to, you know, to decipher through what is on Twitter and what has actually been happening behind the scenes. And what I'm getting at is, there certainly were fan bases and representatives of those programs that were much more vocal via media and social media sure. to play football. Yeah. I would say Nebraska's fans, without a doubt. Number one. Number one. Yes. As far as going nuts to get football back. And by the way, I applaud them for everything Absolutely. they did. Absolutely. Um, Ohio State, right there. Iowa fans, right there. I mean... You tell me if I'm being crazy, but nope, those Iowa. are the top three and then right there. Penn State probably Penn next. Penn State fans, definitely. Yep. Um, I felt like Ohio State and Nebraska were in the same boat of they had uh, boisterous, you know, um, um, people screaming from not only the fan base, but athletic director and head coach. Yes. Ryan Day, single person, human, probably had as much to do with football coming back as anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Only because he's at Ohio state because Scott Frost, I mean, I, I, I applaud him as well. He was the first and the most vocal Ryan day came later, but just had a louder voice because he's at Ohio state. There you go. So obviously I'm not saying Ryan day made it any more clear that he wanted to play football more than Scott Frost. Scott Frost made that extremely clear. I'm sorry, Nebraska fans, Ohio State has got more clout yeah. in the conference than you or anybody else does for that matter. So um, Gene Smith also right there. Bill Moose on top of Scott Frost great. also yeah. right there. Uh, with Iowa, I know Kirk Ferentz wanted to play football. He let a statement be known more the type to head back while I know Gary Barta and especially Iowa president Bruce Harold 
were going nuts. They were they were doing whatever they can. Do you think? Do you think so? Bruce Held's a business dude, so he is definitely looking at the monetary the numbers, side sure. of things. Um, do you think Gary Barta, the athletic director of Iowa, wanted to head up the college football playoff committee, knowing the conference he represents was not invited to the college football playoff? How humiliating would that have been? They're uh, in the top twenty-five people happy to see the Big Ten football back. Gary Barta is in there. If I, I was Barta, I would have conveniently caught COVID when I was supposed to meet for the college football playoff. <laughs> and um, I, I wouldn't have had it, for real, but dude. I would have caught it. Um, James Franklin, also, you knew where James Franklin stood, I think. Now, you start getting into the murkiness then well, when you get into... But can we bring up Justin Fields? Because I think oh, thank he, you. he was thank huge, you. too. Yes. And just personally, I want to bring up Joshua Imaterbebe for you. Illinois. Thank you. Because that guy has been as vocal as anybody, but you know, obviously not a big voice playing at Illinois. Dude, Josh Matter Bay for president, 2048. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> love that, dude. Everyone should follow him on Twitter. He's... Um, he is smart. I, he is... Oh, he's he beyond... to the point. Like, I mean, that I, dude might actually be a genius, a literal genius. If you've ever heard an interview with that guy, he sounds like a professor, and he's 22 years old. He's probably that guy that, like, when he walks into the room, if some of the other players are, like, playing grab ass and just doing stupid stuff. They just, Oh, oops. Josh is walking yeah. in. Like it's he like dad walking behaves. in behaves. Yeah. Because I guarantee, I bet that's and Josh what it just is. shakes his head. Um, so yeah, I would put, uh, Nebraska and Ohio state. When you do the whole fan coach, AD president, you know, conglomeration, they're in the top two group, Iowa, Penn state kind of right there. I think there yep. was more, uh, uh, um, Support with Iowa top to bottom as far as AD president and everything like that. Then there was kind of a mixed bag after that. So let's point out that I think every athletic director wanted to play. There was no doubt about that. Some are more vocal than others. Like I know every coach, every had to have wanted to play. But I know Josh Whitman was dying to play at Illinois, the Illinois AD. He's just not that vocal on Twitter. And again, when you've got the hammer, Gene Smith, Ohio State, Ryan Day doing it. I mean, yeah, they're I mean, kind of doing the work at that point. They're doing the work, but you can say all you want. No one's going to listen to you when, when they're talking, right? I mean, there is going to be a 30 for 30 someday. Has to be, this, right? Correct? Has like, to be. Because I don't think anybody's going to be willing to talk about this stuff it's, for the so next So it's going to take Kevin Warren not being the commissioner before sure. that happens. Yeah, well, I hope that happens before three or four years. But like, and it could be. It could be 10 years down the road. It could be. Like, I almost, like, I compared it earlier today to, you know, who shot Kennedy stuff. Like, you're going to lock those tapes up for a while. A couple of people might have to, like, leave the earth yeah. before you feel safe yeah. talking about this stuff. But I, one would uh, suspect a some form of documentary that's not going to look uh, very good for Kevin. Kevin Warren will probably skip that in 2028, whenever that documentary comes yeah, out. Yeah, I don't imagine he'll return calls for that one. Because what really I want to know is, you know, was Bruce Harold behind the scenes talking to one or two of the presidents that didn't want to play? Who was getting to these presidents? Did, did Kevin Warren, to try to give him, you know, extend an olive branch here, was he trying to get right. football back the last two or three weeks? Did he suddenly realize, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I'm sure he had that 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 thought like what have i done look at what everyone else is doing we 
we're we're gonna look like fools here. He 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 had to have an oh shit moment at some point. He had to. So you know what? Everything we talked about before. Let's forget that. Let's let's start over. That he must have had that conversation. I believe with he them. did. Yeah. So then there could be a situation where you know there was actually Kevin Warren going back on his word to these presidents, and right. it, I mean. Did it really come down to, I mean, the 11th hour issue I heard was straight up Rutgers because Rutgers president was as harsh as anybody on the record saying, no way we're going to play football. Well, he reversed course officially. So, I mean, was he the last domino? Right. If it's 13 to one and you're, you're, you're sitting there, you're Rutgers, you're already looking up at the rest of the conference and now you stand to lose tens of millions of dollars every year. What what are you going to do? At you're that good. point, if you're thirty, if it's thirty, you have no choice. You got to say yes. Um, another thing to bring into this is just some awful reporting. If oh, you call thank it, thank God. I, I was gonna let's call it the Awful People Awards. Okay, I'm I'm gonna put Pat Forty number one. Pat Forty's one. Okay, I think. Yeah. Um, how, I'm gonna go for me personally, Nicole Our Hack. I call her not Our Back. <laughs> yeah. I think she's probably number two for me. I would say that's one, two, but which is insane because that puts Dan Wolken all the way down to third. And I how think, bad does a list have to be <laughs> if Dan Wolken is but, third? Okay, the reason he's third though is because does anybody really pay attention to what he says anymore? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he was at a reputable, you know, uh, paper, something, anything other than the USA Today, for instance. I mean, like back to Pat Forty, the second Sean Wade said that or was that Dan Walken? I can't even freaking keep him straight. The second Sean Wade said I'm I'm opting out, it was Dan Walken, wasn't it? Well Auerbach It wasn't Auerbach. I I've never tweeted eh, see now I'm getting confused. It's tough, dude. It, there you go. I mean I think this is proven. So it. I'm, but I'm the whole gonna... point is I think it was Dan Walken said, Oh look, oh Sean Wade, you know yes. the, the the number one the number one uh, you know, the son of the number one fighter to get football back is not playing. Yeah, that was the Wilkin. The second he had the chance to send that tweet. He couldn't wait, man. It's out. How any, because there obviously are awesome journalists out there that haven't been doing this stuff. There's tons of journalists. Sure. But to a certain degree, they kind of defend each other. I don't even know how you can defend him. Well, he gets bashed on from other journalists at he this does. point. It's Shout great. out to Mike Farrell, right? Oh, Isn't gosh. It? That guy's come. He's... Done a 180 for me. I used to have you know, a few few issues with Mike. All forgiven, Mike. And we're mostly talking great. national guys here, you know. Well, so that's the thing is the the bad ones are pretty much the national ones. True. When you get down to the regional and to the like team specific ones, they've all been great, pretty much. I think for the most part, because they know that if they put that crap out there, they 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 don't have a job anymore. So yeah, like you you need people to. Click on your stuff. I know, but it just—it's such a shame that that the the awful people that are getting these awards think that they have to put out these horrible tweets to get followers. I guess I don't know, or I, I don't, don't know. even know. just clicks. I don't, I don't are they that to, I don't desperate pretend, for clicks? I, I don't pretend to understand. I mean, I honestly think Pat Forty was just born a miserable person. He's yeah, been I think miserable so. long before COVID. Yeah, I, I, me and you have had long conversations. I mean, number one, he's a Missouri grad, so you've disliked him forever i just every time i would read his articles i'd just be like you are picking out the worst like 
eighty percent of his of his material is just like a coach that's doing horrible or yeah. a team that was supposed to be good that's crap. Well, this team's good, but man, their defense is going to cost him. Like it's always got a coach's negative hot seat, something coach's like that. Hot seat. But I'm going to list off a few more. So we got Pat Forty, we got yeah. Nicole Our Hack, yeah. we got Dan Woken. I refuse to pronounce the L. Dennis Dodd, Pete Thamel, Karen Rovell. Let's throw Desmond Howard in there. Yeah. Big a-hole. Shannon Ryan, Chicago Tribune. Did you see what Christine Brennan of the, the great USA Today wrote today? Yeah. Uh, here was her exact tweet. Note the date, 9-16-2020, the day the vaunted Big Ten became the SEC. It choked. It got scared. It sold its soul for football. My column here. Insane. Just, folks, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Stop showing up at these games. Exactly. And- and then they say, well, I don't have a choice. I have to do this. No, you do have a choice. Yes. Quit your job. Because all those people I listed obviously hate their jobs. Don't they at this point? It's, a, it's an honest, good question. And then they have the balls to bitch when one of their friends gets laid off. That's what just blows my mind. Incredible. And the, the hypocrisy knows no bounds with these people. I'm going to say something, though. Stu Mandel kind of came around. He was bit. a negative Nancy early on. He has not been. Gee, is it maybe because people started cutting down their subscriptions That's, to the athletic? And well, he's like, uh-oh. That might have been it, but I think it was the backlash. I think he like kind of had a, you know, looked himself in the mirror and said, is this really the right way to approach this? Um, One thing, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast, but it's another great time to say it again. I matter. You matter. Jim in Minnesota matters. Dan matters. My brother matters. Well, you know what I'm talking about? The fans matter. Of course. We are the ones that are driving this sport. If it wasn't for us, none of this would be here. You take, you could keep the coaches, the players, the universities, everything. You, you keep it all, but just take away the fans. The sport is done in one year. Correct. We matter. Yes. Our voices matter. Yes. That was proven through this. But yet, I still get the feeling that the general feeling is from journalists that we are just the worst of the worst. We're little peons that they are forced to write for. And I just don't know how many journalists have the ability to just sit and understand. Like, I don't think they you do. You have to understand this. Yeah, it's like they're You ins- need us. Yes. You need us. We don't really need you. I would... In, I would much rather enjoy having somebody professional write something up about my team before, during, and after the football contest. I like that, but I could go without it Sure, if I knew that there was a football contest. <laughs> That's correct. Because I can still talk to my buddies and record a podcast without those people. And and for more hypocrisy from, from this crowd, they're so in favor of player rights. But then once the players say, we want to play, will you give us the right to play? Then they're against the players' rights. How can they flip that fast? It's quite the thing. It's amazing. And, and, I, I w- and again, you know, to the good journalists that probably won't ever listen to this podcast, but if they do, I compared it once to I, I was tweeting at a specific journalist because somebody was mad about journalism and he got offended, even though this person was not talking about that specific guy. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm in sales. People bitch to me, to my face, about how much they hate salespeople all the time. You're in sales. Yes, I Ever heard that? Yes. 
I don't take offense to it because I don't think I'm one of the crappy ones. Right. And in fact, I take it as a challenge. Like, I'm going to prove to you that I'm pretty dang good at my job. Sure. I kind of like it when people say that to me. Yeah, it's a challenge. Maybe that's just my competitive slash positive view on life. Maybe journalists aren't that competitive and have a no. slash negative view on I, life. No, they're at least the ones we're talking about are definitely not competitive. I want to bring up one thing. This is more Nebraska specific. This is a good follow on Twitter at Husk guys. Do you follow these guys? I do at Husk guys. I think so. So this guy, I might get blocked by them once. Oh really? <laughs> I'm not sure. he's, he's pretty good, but um, he's been saving up all these anti Nebraska tweets from this crowd. And he's been tweeting them out all day long and shoving it right in their face and tagging them. So if you want to have a good laugh tonight, after you listen to this, I definitely go. haven't seen that because I've definitely been blocked by the Husk guys. Oh, that's I think too it was bad. Right after the Iowa Nebraska game last. Okay, year. after we stop recording, I'm gonna show you his okay. feed because it's good. pretty good stuff. So go check him out. All right. Um, does that get us kind of through the meat? Of I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much everything I wanted to say. Um, well, maybe a couple more things. Okay. So we've got an eight game schedule. Yeah, this is okay. one thing that I did like is they're having a ninth game for all teams. Yes. I think that's so cool. I mean, I wouldn't want it in a normal year. They're just year. calling it championship week. Yeah. But, but the number one team in the East plays and I won the West number two plays number two and they go going all the way down. So Rutgers is going to be playing. Illinois is going to be playing Purdue. Everybody's going to be playing on that last week. And I think that's great. I, it sounds great. Now, obviously, the the actual Big Ten championship game will be fantastic. Sure, it's going to be interesting to see. There could be players opting out of that. It's it's kind of like a yeah. it's kind of a bonus game. Okay, thing. but like, are we going to think it's is it going to be kind of silly by the time we get to that point? I think I'm going to like it. Okay, I hope I do too. And what it's if college football? I probably will. If there's no bowls, it's kind of the bowl game, right? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. By the way, it's official across the conference, which I still don't understand how they necessarily have jurisdiction with this, but no fans in any stadium for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm, I don't think that's a good decision. But Of course I don't think that's a good decision. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. By the way, did you, to, to kind of branch this off into things that have happened since then, have you have you caught any college football games on the television the past two weeks? Yeah. Um, last week was not normal. It did not feel normal. It kind of felt like a really good week zero is the best way I can explain it. You know, when there's like three or four yeah. games in week right. zero, there was like 10, 12 good ones. Um, however, I got the feels watching those games. Sure. I mean, Kansas State, did you see that was cool? Their crowd and their oh, and boy, and their, did that their student section. Did the awful people crowd hate that? But have we heard? I mean, it's been almost what five days now. Uh, is anything Horrible happened from that. Of course not. Um, uh, but with that being said, there was Kansas State's crowd at the top. Then there was a mixture of, I don't know, six or seven games that had like some people in the crowd. It helps just having those some people in the crowd. Then, it does. Then you get down to the games that have almost nobody. I don't like them. Like it's, they definitely have lost their fastball. But in the end, most of the time, You've got a field-specific tight shot on the TV. Yep. And you're just watching college football. Yeah. It's it's nice to have that crowd noise in there when a big play is made. You know, it's it, kind of missing that, but still football. Who was it? One of the awful people crowd was, was saying that Florida State must have let too many people in. Yeah. Oh, because... gosh. It was hilarious. She was, it was a she 
but she was melting down. Right. I, and I thought I, the, the twist I saw, it, and it, which is I thought you were going, was actually, as it's turned out, it was unfortunate for Florida State fans that they were allowed in the stadium. That's a good point. Because they got beat That's by a good point. Tech. So, okay, we're going to end up playing, the champion at least is going to end up playing nine games compared to in the SEC 11. So I was wrong when I was, you know, guessing what they were going to do with the Big Ten schedule the first time. Don't you think Penn State, Ohio State, any team that has aspirations has to play the toughest schedule possible? So you think they're going to win? Because, and I, I think you're leading into it now. We now we will re-see a new schedule. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. they don't have to come out with that right away. They could come out with it weeks from now. And from what from I've now. read, they're going to take the original pre-COVID nine-team schedule and take one team away. That's how they're going to do it. That's They've what I've already... that's what I've read. I, I have not heard that officially from the Big Ten. Okay. Um, we'll see. I will say this. I, I I hear what you're saying. Like, would they give Ohio State and Penn State the toughest, you know, road possible to make it look better? That's what I thought they'd do the first time, but, but I was wrong. But the only way they would do that then is to take the weakest non or non division team off their schedule. That's right. all they can do at this point. Right. So we'll see if they do that. I will say this: if Ohio State goes nine and zero and pretty much mortar motors through the Big Ten, yeah, they're going to the college football. That's play. probably true. Good Same point. with Penn State. Same with anybody that gets through, you know, we'll break down the team soon, but I have a hard time seeing any team other than those two actually pulling it off. Sure. But what if Penn State just kind of scrapes by and goes 9-0? I think they'll go. Okay. That's my, that's my, I mean, there's a lot of things we're assuming, but yes, I would think that would be the case. Because by the way, there's one whole conference that we don't even know is going to be even in the national college football playoff hunt because the... The 12-pack is still sitting on the sidelines right now, still in the cooler. And they seem content with that. I don't see much movement happening no. there. So, really, you are talking about Clemson from the ACC, Oklahoma or Texas from the Big 12, and I really think it's going to come down to just a few teams in the SEC as well. My point I'm trying to make <sighs> it's is a good point. I don't think Ohio State and Penn State is going to have a huge amount of competition should they go 9-0. It's a good point. Yeah. Because – I'm just and and who knows what the hell co- the committee is thinking. But if they have a brain, I know they may not. Wouldn't you just put the four champions in there, regardless of record? That would be a one way of doing it. That's wow. I didn't even think about that. Good good point. There's we four. Only, it's we only a P four, four now. Right. Why would you not just put the four? Obviously, if one team will look at the Big Twelve. If if Oklahoma is, what do they be? Ten and two. They have two losses. That would that that would they would get some heat for that. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, see. Uh, w- one thing I think you'll see out of the Big Ten, which you have seen across the landscape, is a general sloppiness for those first couple games. Sure. I mean, I felt there's always helter skelter to every college football game. The helter skelter was d- not, uh, dial was turned up. I think there's no doubt this is going to be the craziest season. Like it's going to make 2007 look normal. Which could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. Right. The novelty sure. of it. Um, special teams have been absolutely across the board, like mostly bad. And gee, what is one team you can think of that started the season ranked, but looks sloppy in special teams cost them? Oh, Iowa State. Ah, uh, yes. Tough one for Of course. You. Of course. Hey, hey. I, I own half this podcast. I Had to bring it up. It. That's fine. Hey. But it was fantastic seeing. I mean, I, there have been so many. Can, can I ask you this? There have there is a noticeable amount 
of national people that were jumping on the Iowa State football bandwagon okay. this past summer and couple months. Why? I, I never quite could grasp it. A couple of the ones that I follow on Twitter that have their DMs open, I would challenge them. Like, okay. What? What are you? What are you seeing here? What? What would you say? What would you, you see say? here? Now they don't see it. No, quite so much. Definitely not. Ah, uh, I've had worse six, seven day runs than this. Yeah. Hey, we've got football. Let's we've be got happy. Football. I mean, again, I'm gonna go into this weekend of football slate, even though the Big Ten's not playing for the next five weeks. Right. I'm still going to have more fervor to watch college football in that time. Knowing that, yeah, my team and my conference is is going to be playing. Oh, the thought of us not playing was devastating. Right. Watching, meanwhile, watching everyone else play. <sighs> All right. Uh, last thing I'll say is uh, the "Guess Who's Back" um, Eminem song. Yeah, I actually have history with that. Okay. So back in my old Jeffrey the Greek days, when I started sending a mass email out that wound up getting to a lot of people. Okay. Um. Whenever I did my first Jeffrey the Greek blog before the college football season, okay. I would write out the words to that song at the beginning of my blog. Like, guess who? Okay, so, the, the season's back. All right. Yeah. So, gotcha. It's got history. It's a good tune. Great tune. Eminem. I forgot how good it was, actually. Yeah, I love yeah. that intro. I was bumping around that song like three, four times today, actually. All right. We really appreciate you listening. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt. We will talk to you soon with Team Preview. Yes. Two girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside.